What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. What's good, guys? Man, this is a, a fun time to be a sports fan, isn't it, C? Yeah, it's lit right now. It's a lot going on. You know what? You know what's helping is the WBC. Yeah. Yeah, but, man. But the WBC needs a fucking clock at these games. These games are too fucking long, guys. Well, and it's funny, right? The disparity between watching what's happened with the spring training games, which last checked as of, you know, I, I think the second week of March, the average spring training game was 25 minutes less. Uh, 239, stolen. 240. Yeah, yeah, stolen bases way up, uh, uh, offense up, strikeouts down, everything that you want to happen. So to be experiencing the glory of that, see, even in spring training games, and then go to the WBC and it feel interminable, it's like yeah. very stark. And that's what everybody's like, oh, you know, when the games mean so much more, you're not going to want to clock? The fuck I don't. Speed this shit up. I don't give a fuck about how important you think these games is. Let's fucking go. Like, fuck, man. This yeah. shit is crazy. It, it, it is about creating action and pace and entertainment, and none of that in any way compromises the competitive spirit. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely I also not. think what I realize, see, is I love a good sporting event that has day games and day action. I love the World Cup for that reason because it's on all during the all day. All day. Yes, yes. WBC, if you get games during the day, in the case of the biggest event coming up, March Madness. Oh. I love all day action, see? Yes. Man, I, I used to love spring training just be, just for, like, March Madness. So, like, these are the days that, like, I'm away from the family. I can sit on the couch all day and just watch college <laughs> basketball. Like, these, are, these next two weeks when it's, like, you know, when it's all 68 and then those first couple of, couple of days of action. It's amazing too how this event brings in the casual fan for me right i i consume the nba voraciously i watch nba basketball every single day in some form or fashion i don't watch a ton of men's college i watch a lot of women's college because i do women's college. Do games yeah, yeah exactly men's college i don't really watch but i will watch a whole lot of it and be totally into it and consumed by it this time of year. The, the event is the facility to bring in all of our entertainment eyeballs, right? It's about yeah. the event itself. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it, I feel like is this the only thing where, like, casual fans get really into it? You know what I'm Maybe. saying? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the World Cup casual World fans Cup. get really yeah. into it. But, like, this is something that happens every year where it's, like, random people are filling out brackets <laughs> because they like the mascot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That, you know, you got office brackets. You got all kind of stuff going on. For me, like, it's crazy because I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. I don't really watch a lot of uh, college basketball. But this year I did for some reason because Little C played with a bunch of these kids that are playing college basketball right now, whether it's Mark Armstrong at Villanova or Derek Whitehead and Kyle Filipikowski at Duke, um, Derek Lively at Duke. Like, all these kids – Little C's played with or against, so I've been hearing these names and knowing these names. Amari Bailey at UCLA, all these different kids. So I've, I've watched a little bit and, and got a chance to get into it, so I'm excited for the tournament. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I can tell you, calling the women's tournament, see, this will be my third year doing the Final Four and the national championship game for the women's tournament. It is the greatest event to broadcast. It's just so fun. 
the intensity, the atmosphere, the stakes. There's also something really special about these young men and women and seeing the way they process this stage and the emotions and their hopes and their dreams and their genuine excitement getting to whatever level they're getting at a team that goes to the Sweet 16 unexpectedly and they dreamed about it as a kid. But you forget how young these these players are they're kids yeah you know what i'm saying they're kids they're actual kids they are actual kids playing this game for our entertainment so that's that's another aspect of it of like just seeing the emotion and you know everything that goes into it because they are actually still kids playing this game they're amateurs yeah it's so fun and we're so pumped today to get to chat with someone who has called these games in the past uh who has played in them in the past and is uh an outstanding analyst for TNT, five-time NBA All-Star, basketball Hall of Famer, current NBA game analyst for TNT, Reggie Miller teaming up with Wendy's, the official hamburger and official breakfast of March Madness. He's also awesome in their commercials. So without further ado, here is Reggie Miller on our 2 season. Well, let's do this then. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Reggie, it's Ryan Rucco and CeCe Sabathia. How are you, man? Oh, God. How you guys doing? Long time no hear or see. How's everyone doing? <laughs> good, good. Appreciate you doing this for us. <laughs> oh, come on, CeCe. You know, we go back. Come on now. <laughs> so, see, all right. You, I didn't even know you and Reggie have a little history there. Nice, man. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's good to have him on the pod. It's uh, you know, if you grew up in the, if you're my age and, and from my era, like you grew up in the '90s, this is like a, a god watching, you know, basketball. So <laughs> having having Reggie Reggie Miller on the podcast is huge for me, being a, a '90s basketball fan. So thank you. Well, it, it's a pleasure to be on here with both of you guys. Uh, I have followed both of your guys' career, uh, CC. Uh, you were one of my favorites when you were with Milwaukee. <laughs> and then I, I hated you a little bit when you went to the Knicks, but I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> but um, uh, look, uh, I respect uh, both of you guys so much. It's an honor to be on here. And uh, I'm excited. Well, Reggie, uh, we appreciate it, man. Just first things first, Selection Sunday, obviously always massive day. Bracket comes out and um, and it just it always creates this very unique event for a sports fan. Was there anything to you that stood out immediately looking at the bracket that really caught your attention? Uh, I'm a little close to the situation, so uh, <laughs> pardon my bias a little bit. <laughs> but I'm surprised that my Bruins didn't get a over, uh, a number one seed. Now Alabama. Uh, Houston, uh, Purdue, and Kansas. I get it, sort of, kind of. But <laughs> UCLA, UCLA and how they had played, and I know two of their five losses have come against Arizona, who's also a number two seed. Um, I was just a little surprised, you know, the job that Nick Cronin and has done at UCLA. I was a little surprised that he get a number one seed. Um, but again, we don't know what goes on in the war room. Um, these seeds and, you know, this is a fun time of year, one through 68, because you really don't know. There's no clear-cut favorite as there has been in years past when you're like, oh, Duke, 
oh, North Carolina, oh, UCLA, Kansas. There, there's none of that. And with everyone playing on, quote, quote, neutral courts, anything is possible. So that's the beauty and the magic of March Madness. But So who would you want them to overtake the number one seed from? So would it be Houston, Purdue, Kansas, or – I think Alabama, the, or Alabama. Alabama. Alabama and Houston, in my opinion, definitely number ones. Kansas, because of their quad ones, yes. Purdue, again, me being an adoptive Hoosier, I don't want all my Boilermakers <laughs> sending me emails or tweets. I love you guys, but I just think UCLA should have been that number one instead of Purdue. Reggie, what do you like most about this UCLA team this season? Obviously, there's a lot, despite not getting that number one seed, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of hype around this year's Bruins team. Well, the, number one, um, they play at both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Coach Cronin, you know that he is a stickler for defending, and um, they really get after you. Uh, they lost one of their best. Uh, defenders to an Achilles injury, so that's going to hurt them a little bit. But, uh, you know, Jaime Haikas, the, the way that he's been able to really have the rest of his guys kind of, um, I would say, load up and get ready to get after it, basically. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the Bruins. Um, and I'm looking at their draw. They start with UNC Asheville, mm -hmm. and then they get the winner of Boise State Northwestern, which is check, check. What I'm looking forward to is I'm hoping <laughs> Gonzaga comes out of that, and then we get another chance at Gonzaga. That's kind of, you know, you, you, you break these down into little compartments, and you don't worry about certain things. You worry about things that you can control. And I'm just looking at their draw, and I just think it's very favorable out west. Nice. Hey, you got a lot of Northwestern alums in this business that are upset with you saying check, check on that, Reggie. <laughs> Not on this podcast, but in this business. That's right. Don't worry about the Bruins. Y'all worry about Boise State. <laughs> Fair enough. Reggie, how about, how about Duke? They, they feel like um, they're in an interesting place as far as this particular season, this particular tournament, not just because obviously no Coach K for the first time in forever, but because they're a five seed. But at the end of the season, they felt like they were playing like a one seed with the way they finished things out. How do you kind of look at Duke and and, and uh, their chances this March? This is a head scratcher because you look at how they played over the last month and a half, almost two months. They are not a five seed. Look, they started the season off with a lot of injuries, okay? And once they got everyone piece by piece healthy again, they went down the stretch 17 and one. This is not a five seed. So, uh, and here's the thing. Oh, the scary thing about it, if you guys know anything about this tournament, and Rich, you'll kind of attest to this, there's always that 5-12 matchup that's always yep. an upset, right? It's not going to be in this case with Duke, okay? Because <laughs> they are not a five seed. It, it's, it's unfortunate that they are, um, but they're playing the best basketball, I would say, out of anyone, and that's including Houston and Alabama. So a scary, scary team at number five.
And, and see, Duke. I got I got a little Duke bias too because uh, Kyle Flipikowski and Derek Whitehead were two kids that my son. I have a freshman that at Georgia Tech. He plays baseball, but he was a basketball kid. He played AAU basketball, and those two played on his AAU team from. I think third grade all the way to ninth grade. So those two being on that team have made me like a Duke fan. So I've been watching them a lot. And you're right. They got they they started off the year pretty hurt. They got their pieces back. Derek Lively showed up, you know, protecting the rim late in the season. And they're a real a real threat to win this thing, especially being so young, man. You just never know. With their with what team is going to show up? I mean, if, if Kyle comes out and has a great game, if Derek's scoring, if Derek's protecting the wimp, they're they're pretty tough to beat. And, and let me say this too, because early on in the year, Derek Lively was taking a lot of abuse, being mm-hmm. the overall number one pick, uh, wasn't living up to those you know expectations and standards, and just look what he's done over the last month. You know, along with all the other guys you mentioned. Um, and that's the thing, you know, we ha- there's no longer any patience today, you know, these kids, you know, from the AAU generation, there's so much hype on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, you know, they have huge followings and people just expect them to come in and be Kevin Durant and Stephen <laughs> Curry and play at those expectations. And it takes time. And it took this young man some time to get used to college basketball. And now that he's found his footing and Duke has found their footing and they've become healthy, they could not shoot the basketball at all the first 10 to 15 ball games. Mm-hmm. But you look at them now, um, they have turned things around. And I'm just saying, they are a scary five seed. They're not one of those 12 five upsets, people. Now watch. Don't do me wrong now. Dude. <laughs> Don't do me wrong, Dookie. Don't do me wrong. <laughs> Reggie, you're um, you're one of the rare guys who uh, dives heavy into both college and the NBA. And obviously, we know you're not calling games in the tournament this year, but but clearly you follow college basketball very closely. And we know, obviously, you're TNT's lead analyst for the NBA. I'm wondering, you know, and I always think this is interesting for people who are NBA fans, but then get into the tournament. Is there a guy or two or three in particular that you will be watching more closely than others when it comes to this tournament and projecting ahead, thinking about their NBA careers? Is there is there a guy or two who you really, really like what kind of pro they're going to be? Well, I hate to keep it somewhat in the family, um, <laughs> but I'm going to say it's Miller time. Brandon Miller from <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. And if you follow the story, there's I wouldn't say a black cloud um, hovering around Alabama, but there's a lot of circumstances going on that he's involved with, right? And if you watched when everything transpired and he came back to play, and he was on the road somewhere. I I can't remember the game. And the the opposing fans were letting him have it, you know, the lock him up chant. And, I mean, he goes out and has a a career-high 40. Because I wanted to see how he was going to react to all the negative criticism that, hey, look, NCC, you know this. It goes along with the business. And, again, I don't know all the particulars to the case. I'm sure everything will come out eventually because it always does. But I wanted to see mentally how he was going to approach the negativity that's going to be coming his way. And for the most part, he has 
leaps and bounds surprise me because he's mm. mentally strong, especially to be a freshman, a yeah. freshman in this in this particular case. Um, so look, Alabama, they have the overall number one seed. A freshman leads them. He's mentally strong. That's going to be one player and one team that I'm kind of like focusing on because you can, you know, I, I like to see, well, how does his game translate to the next level? At 6'8", six, 6'9", six, he can handle the basketball. He can shoot. He can finish in traffic. Um, he rebounds. Uh, he plays great defense because he's long and athletic. So I like to see what kind of, you know, those kind of guys, if their game can translate to the next level. Hey, Reggie, um, you know, one thing we we were just realizing, and uh, you, you see the three, obviously. We, we know we've seen it in the NBA game for years now, the way it just absolutely dominates the landscape of the NBA. We want to ask you a few NBA questions in a moment, but we also see now colleges. They're always a little behind on it, but now they also understand the value of three versus two and college teams shooting more and more threes. And we realized you only had the three your last year at UCLA, right? Yes. It came that's, in my, my senior year. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. I mean, how how did you mentally adapt to that, not having it throughout your career at UCLA, then having it that last year, and then obviously becoming prolific at it within the climate that existed at the time in the NBA? I made it real simple, um, and I figured this out, I'd probably say my freshman to sophomore year in high school. I said to myself, I'm going to make sure the defense has to guard me as soon as I cross half court. This was before a three-point line. Mm. So if I had unlimited range as soon as I crossed half court, I didn't care if there was a three-point line or not because they're going to have to guard me you know, 35, 40 feet out. So I had always adopted that. And then once the three-point line came in, I was like, oh, this is like a free throw because I've been <laughs> shooting this far out. For so long and for so many years, it didn't really matter. So that's why uh, I made it simple and was I happy to, to see a 19.9 three-point line? I mean, that's, that was a give me. Um, it got a little bit more challenging, obviously, in the pros when you move up to 23.5 and 22 up top, but um, I was ready for it at an early age. <laughs> was the coaches – did the coaches adapt pretty quick or were they upset about you shooting threes in college that senior year? Well, back, then, back in the eight, late 80s and 90s, it was, as you know, CC, you played through your big men. You played through Patrick Ewing and Rick Smith and Akeem Olajuwon. So you played inside out. In today's game, you play outside and I'm not even quite sure there are. It's, it's, it's no end. Big men. <laughs> yeah. But look at our big men, you know. Back-to-back MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic, yeah, he's a center, but he's a center who knocks down threes. He's averaging a triple-double with 10 assists. Yeah. Um, so our bigs in today's game are not like the Patrick Ewings and the Hakeem Olajuwans and – you know, I mean, I even look at – you look at, like, Brooke Lopez. He started off as one of those type of guys, and now he's a, a – stre- like, he's shooting threes too. His first three years – I think I looked this up. He shot, like, 63s in his first three or four years. The dude has shot over 600 threes <laughs> over the last four years. It just shows you that's – it's just how the game has evolved. And big have stretched out, and a lot of this has to do 
with the international player. So Dirk was huge in evolving the stretch four and five with his ability to shoot threes. Reggie, it's amazing. I think in your career, you averaged 4.7 three-point attempts per game in your NBA That's career. Crazy. I mean, you would you would be averaging 12 to, to 14 I was about to say 14, yeah. yeah in, this, in this climate, which one of the guys who does, Clay Thompson – he he recently I don't I don't know if anyone's brought this quote up to you yet but we wanted to because we just thought it was so great. He was recently talking about his competitive fire and he said my style resembles that of Reggie Miller. I call myself the modern day Reggie. And I mean Reggie got into so many scraps. He got under so many people's skin. I really love Kobe and Reggie at the two guard spot. They left it all out there, man. What do you think about Clay comparing himself to you and saying, hey, I'm the modern-day Reggie. Honored. Absolutely honored. Um, you hope, and CC can attest to this, I'm sure there's so many young players coming up watching the great career of, of CC and hoping and wishing that they could have a slither of what he did on the field. Now, to me, Clay has far surpassed whatever I did with winning four NBA championships and evolving the game you hope you always leave it in a better place that so that the younger generation not only admires what you did but takes it up a notch and absolutely you know clay stefan damian buddy hill tyrese halliburton those guys have taken it to a different level and it, it's good that you have footprints um, but these guys have just what they've done in evolving the three point shot and how they evolved it and how it's so much a big integral part of our game today. Um, it makes you feel good. It really does. Now, do I curse Saul and Carrie Miller, my, my parents all the time because they had me <laughs> in 1965. I wish I could be played in today's game. Yes. But it's, it's good that I left fit footprints that these younger players can build upon and take it to another level. Yeah. Reggie Miller in 2023 is averaging 28 a game and making $45 million a year. We know that. <laughs> Damn you, Damn you. <laughs> Reggie, some of the amazing uh, personality we see here uh, on R2C2 with you. We get to see in the Wendy's ads that that you do and uh, and we're going to be seeing throughout March. I know it's your fourth year as a, as a part of this partnership with Wendy's. Just what can you tell us about being a part of the, the Wendy's team? Well, number one, first honored that Wendy's continues to uh, have me back. But I, I always tell people, you know, when people come up to me and say, oh, man, those commercials are so funny and you guys just have me on the floor laughing. And I was like, thank you. But I want to always give, I always have to give credit to the actors that I work with. These men and women, they are unbelievable comedians um and if you don't mind i just i love saying that chris kleckner bill o'neill katherine feeney and willie earl jr those four have been with me for the three years of these commercials and katherine has and i have done all four of them together and the beauty of wendy's is they come in with a basic script with kind of the outline of how they want the commercials to go 
and they give us such a long leash once we look at it, review it, and they know everyone's talents and timings and comedic deliveries. They kind of let us like ad lib a lot of it and they throw out lines and how to say certain things, but they give these amazing actors and comedians a real long leash and license for us to kind of, you know, evolve the Wendy's, you know, brand and idea. And it is, I mean, we are like literally trying to like stay in character, but we're trying, we're laughing so hard <laughs> at one another <laughs> because we just go there. And, but I'm honored because, you know, I'm just a idiot athlete and these guys are like serious actors and comedians and they just open their doors and Wendy's has been so fantastic of just kind of just letting us not necessarily do what we want, but listening to our ideas and just having a good time about it. So I like the twist on, you know, we all remember I, as a kid, where's the beef? We all remember that yeah. iconic ad. And now that we've kind of spun it a little bit with squares, the beef, and they allowed me to give that signature line. Um, I'm very honored. Oh, no, Reggie, that's super cool. We enjoy, uh, we enjoy watching them, man. Uh, they're, they're terrific. We're, we're looking forward to checking out your Wendy's commercial throughout this March, and we appreciate you giving us time here today, and hopefully we can uh, do it again sometime soon. But enjoy the tournament. I'm sure it will be fun for you to take it in as a spectator with how much you've had to work it in recent years. That's going to be uh, a well-earned viewing experience for you. Yes, because when you're working it, you've got to be objective, fair and balanced, and you're not, you know, even though you're rooting for UCLA, you can't really show it. Well, now that I'm not working it, I'm going to be a homer, people. I'm going to have my blue and gold on. And, yes, it's all about the Bruins. Man, we love it. Stay safe out there on the mountain bike races, races too. I, I got to get out there with you. <laughs> Come on, CC. I got a bike with your name all over it, man. Let's can, do it. We can slay the mountains. Right? I'm coming. CC. Come I'm, on, baby. Uh, make sure Wendy's got a Big Bacon Classic at the finish line, too, so uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Wendy's at the at the end, Wendy's breakfast, all to die for. To die for. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Reggie. Enjoy uh, the March Madness, man. Appreciate you, too. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Reggie. Thank you. We definitely got to get Reggie back on because he was bringing some tremendous energy there. He was wonderful. Yeah, he was in a good mood. And it's always fun when you have guests that are excited to come on. So we definitely got to get him back for the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, we both are huge NBA fans. So to be able to have him come on and break down the playoffs is going to be a lot of fun. To have him come on and break down March Madness for us was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it was great. It was tremendous. And I think you and I both picked up on something that happened early on in the uh, conversation with Reggie, which we'll have to bring up to him when he comes back on, when he claimed that you played for the Knicks after yeah. you left the Brewers. <laughs> that's just that's just his hate for New York. You know what I'm saying? Anything New York, he just equates with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, how great is that? That is amazing. It re that really is exactly what happened. Anything New York is the Knicks. Is the Knicks. Jimmy Miller. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. That's uh, awesome. Great stuff. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. We have a lot of fun pods coming your way here as we move into the end of spring training. 
move into the start of baseball season through March Madness here, getting ready for the NBA playoffs. A lot of great guests coming your way, so make sure you keep a lock to all our social channels and make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our YouTube page, R2C2 on YouTube. See, we'll do it again uh, next week, man. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.